First, we give thanks to God through the gospel of his son, our blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for allowing us to assemble together one more time. But it is especially, I am especially grateful for the fact that two churches, African-American congregation and a white congregation, are coming together during the prime worship hour to worship God in spirit and in truth. For those of you that have your Bibles, again, I would like that you would turn with me to the book of Zephaniah, the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 9 and verses 10. The book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verses 9 and verse 10. <clears throat> and the scripture reads like this. At that time, I would change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. From beyond the river of Ethiopia, my supplants, my scattered ones, shall bring my offering. Father God, we come now in the name of Jesus and we say thank you. We thank you, God, for this day, for this opportunity to call on your name. I ask you, God, to take me out of myself and use me as an instrument in thy own hand we should be mindful to give your name praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I would like to use for a subject coming from this particular passage of Scripture, the power of diversity. The power of diversity. As we look at and examine this Old Testament prophet by the name of Zephaniah, he brings with him a unique characteristic in that he brings with him the resurgence of a prophetic witness by announcing the coming judgment on Judea. For you see, prior to the prophetic ministry of Zephaniah, Manasseh, who was the 14th king in Judea, discouraged any type of dissent and criticism. And this hampered the prophetic activities in the kingdom. To put it mildly speaking, speaking out against the government brought harsh penalties, sometimes even death. But Zephaniah, the man of God, boldly predicts the destruction of Judea from the evils that were committed by the occupants. He spoke against the moral and the religious corruption the idolatry in the sanctuary. Zephaniah had this prophetic ministry that spoke truth to the power structures of his day. In our passage of scripture on this morning, Zephaniah provides for us a sneak preview at what the kingdom of God should look like. Well, all nations all over the world were united and come together, celebrating and worshiping God in the midst of our diversity. When we look at and examine the call and the vision that God has upon the church universal, I would suggest that the church must become what Dr. Martin Luther King called the beloved community, a community of people of all nations, all colors, every sex, every class, to come together and to serve God and love one another. The goal of the beloved community is 
to reconcile and to redeem all of the people back to God first and then redeem us back one to another. Jesus is committed to using his church as an instrument to be used by God to construct a fellowship that transcends the narrow boundaries of race, gender, culture, and class distinction. And what God is committed to do, God is going to do. Jesus will use the church to reconcile that which is fractured in the human family, to bridge the gulf that hampers human communication, to reorganize the structures of reality as that in one day it shall be possible for the lion to lie down with the lamb, for the swords to be beating into plowshares, and for people of Africa, Asia, Hispanic, male, female, gay, straight, poor, rich, the educated, the uneducated, will be able to stand shoulder to shoulder in the mutuality of love for God and love one for another. We will be laterally flanked along side by side, not one up, not one down, but side by side. In other words, we're going to be shoulder to shoulder, working together, praising together, talking together, and lifting up the name of our God together. It's going to be a place where each person can stand in the dignity, honor, and esteem, and love. This is the aim of God, to reconcile everything that has been dislocated, to redeem everything that has been lost, to reunite everything that has been disrupted. This beloved community brings forth a different worldview than the one that we see and live in in the present moment. The worldview that we are presently living in is one of segregation, isolation, alienation that's grounded in the self-centeredness and the selfishness of human beings. Therefore, as a human family, we are out of harmony with ourselves. We are out of harmony with nature, out of harmony with each other. But God has called us, each of us, with our differences as well as our likenesses to be used by him in a powerful way. For you see, our power is in our diversity. Let me see if I can help make it live. The piano over there has 88 keys, all side by side. Each one of them has a different pitch. Not better, not worse, just different. Yet in spite of their differences, if they're played by someone like Tally or Matthew, that has the right expertise, the right intent, each individual and corporately are capable of creating harmony. How much harmony can the churches create if we put our differences aside and allow God to use us the way in which God desires to use each of us? I am your blessing and you are my blessing. The question that stands before all of us on this morning is this, and that is what is it that we can do to demonstrate the power of diversity? Now, in order for us to demonstrate the power of diversity, 
I would suggest to you that it's grounded and rooted in Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus. For in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, for whom, meaning Jesus Christ, the whole body fitted and knit together, but every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for the building of up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Each part is fulfilling God's plan for us being actively and connected together to do your part and I do my part. You make your service and I make my service. But there are some key traits in diversity. The first thing is we must understand that we must have unity. When speaking about unity, we are not talking about uniformity. Uniformity is having the same form or the same shape. It looks the same. Uniformity is not what the beloved community is after. But rather, we are talking about unity, which is the oneness of being, the oneness of believing, the oneness of belonging. It is through the power of diversity that we all are of one body and we have the same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit of God. We have one Lord, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have one faith that is salvation comes to confession Christ as one Savior and receive Christ as one Lord. We have one baptism, and that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost into life and power, victory, and joy. We have one God, one Father who is in us all, with us all, working through us all. We are united in one to another. Therefore, the beloved community, or can I say the church, is made up of the power of diversity. The church is made up of one body, but it has many members. Your fingers don't look like your hips, and your hips don't look like your arms. You are many diverse members of one body, but yet we are formed one unit. To me, that sounds like God's church. Once again, unity is not uniformity. The business of diversity is shown in the Godhead, which is made up of three distinct persons. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, each unique in his own personhood and yet at the same time one in essence. The unity reflects oneness but does not negate our individuality. In other words, because we are one together in the spirit, I am still who I am, but I am a part of you, and you are a part of me. Diversity occurs in the church when we combine our unique differences as we head towards a common goal. It is the seeing that we gather together as a diverse group of disciples, we are moving towards something that's bigger than you and I. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a movement. I want to be a part of this Jesus movement that's bigger than you and I. I want to be a part of a movement that's bigger than my region. 
I want to be a part of a movement that's bigger than the national church. I want to be a part of a movement that's called the Jesus movement that accepts people for who they are and we come together as one. When the church begins to wholeheartedly embrace the power of diversity, that will produce within us the strength to love. You know, it's not always easy to love folks, especially when they are different from you, especially when you have preconceived notions about them, especially when their gifts and talents are not like yours. But if your name is child of God and you've been born again, and you are a part of God's family. You got to find it on the inside of you to even love your neighbor as thyself, to do good to those that despitefully use you. And my brothers and sisters, sometimes we have to even expand who our neighbors are. One of the goals of the church is that we love one another. The church is the one place in the entire world where the love of God is felt and found. The mandate, the ministry, and the mission of the church are to demonstrate the unbound, unrestricted, uncon unconditional love, love for the body of believers and for the entire human race. For my brothers and sisters, it was love in the first century. It was not the rigor of knowledge. It was love, not the perfection of morals. It was love that turned the Greco-Roman world upside down and transformed the pagan culture into a Christian community. Tutelian, our African church father writing in the second century, recalls the attractiveness of the first century church saying that the heathens are made to exclaim with one look and how they love one another. Just can you imagine if the 80 churches in our region will come together and love each other and support each other and back each other up? What would city council say? Look at how they love one another. The power of diversity cultivates love as the central ethic in following Jesus. Every believer needs to understand that diversity within the church is a divine blessing and a gift from God. The fact that you are not like me and I am not like you is a gift from God. Somebody ought to say hallelujah that I am not like you. Therefore, we have to learn how to lift up one another instead of tearing each other apart. We have to learn to function as partners rather than competitors. If we want to accept it or not, God is going to gather people together. You can continue to segregate yourself if you want to, but God is going to have a gathering. If I look at the message translation of the Bible in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 8, puts it like this. Well, if that's what you want, stick around. God's decree, your day in court is coming. But remember, I'll be there to bring evidence. I'll bring all the nations to the courtroom, round up all the kingdoms and let them feel the burnt of my anger, my raging wrath. My zeal is a fire that will purge and purify the earth. He goes on to say that in the end, I will turn things around. For the people, I give them a language, undistorted, unpolluted words to address God in worship and unity, to serve me with their shoulders to the wheel. They'll come from beyond the Ethiopian river. They'll come praying. They'll come 
come lifting up the name of God. What God is saying to the church in America is that the church in America does not look like what God has called the church to be. That the church in America is too isolated, alienated, and separated. But until we come together as the people of God, we will never be the church. We will never get the results that God is calling for. So when God calls us together, no, let me say it, because God has already been calling us together. We have just not been paying attention. Let me tell you what God is not doing. God is not calling for a church of a certain ethnic background. God is not calling for a black church. He's not calling for a white church. He's not calling for an Hispanic church. He's not calling for a First Nations church. He's not calling for a gay church. He's not calling for an LBGTQ church. But God is calling for a church that have people that are committed to lifting up the name of Jesus. God is calling for a church of diverse people that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. God is calling for a church that would do right by everybody. God is calling for people that have a strength to love and even if you look and act and worship differently even though my color of my skin is different than many of y'all's the fact of the matter is you don't have to like me but you gotta love me you don't have to invite me to dinner but you got to love me. So let me share this with you and before I take my seat. For when we operate in the power of diversity and stand shoulder to shoulder, our collective faith will grow and our faith will move us forward together as a people of God. Not forward separate as a black church, not forward separate as a white church. No, forward together as a people of diversity. Forward together for people lifting up the bloodstained banner. Forward together of people that love their neighbor as thyself. Forward together doing good to those that despitefully use us. Forward together loving everybody. Do I have a witness? Are you ready to stand up and march forward together in the name of Jesus? For in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 